Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. This is Greg from San Leandro. Where, where did they get where Satan has his red goatee and horns and hoofs like a lamb or a goat? God bless. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Do You Have Unfinished Business? And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, this is Pastor Roland. Welcome. I'm going to answer that question, where did we get the idea that the devil wears red tights and has horns and a little goatee and a pitchfork and all that? I'm going to answer it in the second half of this program today. And I'm also going to answer a question about what would have happened if Adam and Eve had not eaten the forbidden fruit? What would have happened? And then I'm also going to answer the question, did God leave anything out of the Bible? But first, I want to talk about peace of mind. We're all looking for peace of mind. Everyone is looking for peace of mind. We don't want to have worries and doubts, and fears, and anxieties. We want to have peace of mind. But why don't we have peace of mind? Well, there's a short answer, and there's a long answer. The short answer is this. There's a beautiful phrase in the Old Testament. It talks about being in the bosom of God. It's so beautiful. If you were in the bosom of God, you would have peace of mind. Well, where are you now? You are lost in your thoughts. Once you start to do that, then it also then blocks you from God. Do you remember the beautiful passage in the Gospel of John, Christ's last prayer? He said, Father, I am in you, and you are in me. And I pray that those people who you have called for me will be in me as I am in you. So if you are in Christ and Christ is in God, then you will have peace of mind. Now, that's the short answer. And now here's the longer answer. And this is the one that will do you more good because as I describe the problem, You will be able to see it as I say it. You will recognize yourself as I describe the problem. And when you see the problem very clearly in the light, hopefully, as I speak, it will help you to be able to stand back and look objectively at the problem and see it in the light and see what the problem is, begin to let it go. Or better yet, it lets you go. Now, here we go. You are lost in your mind, lost in your thinking, lost in your emotions, lost in your imagination. And one thing feeds upon the other. Let's say that there is some kind of unfinished business between you and your parent or you and your brother. What did Christ say? He said, if, if you're bringing your gift to the temple and realize that you have some issue with your brother, then leave your gift at the temple door. First go and make it right with your brother, and then come back and give your gift. 
See? But right now you have some kind of unfinished business with somebody. Or let's say you resent your husband. These issues, this unfinished business, this baggage, preys upon your mind. It bothers you. And so you want to escape from it. See? So I want you to see that when there's some issues that you don't want to face, then you will want to not know the truth and face the truth. And then you will want to escape and wanting to escape. Everything will, you can then use everything to escape. You can use your illness to escape into it and to escape into all of the doctor visits and all the medicines and the side effects and reading about it and thinking about it and talking about it and going to support groups. It can be, it can absorb your whole life. You could have a hobby. It could be playing golf. It could be shopping. It, it could be anything. But if you use it as an escape, see, a relief, but then look, you can use sleep as an escape. You can use eating as an escape. You can, of course, you can use drugs and alcohol as an escape. So I think you understand the issue. When you want to escape from the truth, or to put it another way, when you don't want to face the truth, or when you want to find, when you subconsciously, your yearning is to find something that will save your ego, that will save face, where you can feel secure and feel okay about yourself and not have to face the truth. As long as there's something that you really, that you don't really want to face the truth, regardless of the consequences, then subconsciously you will yearn for the lie. You will secretly, your soul will secretly cry out for something to save your ego. And who answers that? Who answers that? It's whatever you want to call it from the dark side. And then thoughts will come to your mind. Things to escape into, distractions, all kinds of things will come to rescue you and to excuse you and to make you feel good about the way you are. See? In a velvety darkness, apart from God and his light. See? You're not going to find answers down there. Answers come by way of intuition from your Creator. When you yearn to know the truth and yearn to know Him, then He will help you. Look to God for answers instead of looking down into the machinations of your brain for answers. you have a question for Roland? If so, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your message, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Or email your question at Roland at SheddingShackles.com That's Roland at SheddingShackles.com The last couple of weeks I, I made some excellent programs. You should listen to them at the archives. 
I said, when you're facing a delicate moment with your partner or your child, in that moment, if you yearn to know the right thing to do, and you realize you don't know what the right thing to do or say is, but you really and really and truly want to do the right thing, that yearning is answered by God. So the solution is clear. You have to find God and look to him, wait upon him, and be inspired by him and receive good ideas from him instead of the bad ideas you receive from everyone else. He has to be foremost in your mind, and he has to be always there. Now, by nature, we are sinful by nature. It's being born, it's, it's called being born in sin. We're concupiscent by nature. We're easily hypnotized by nature. We're gullible by nature. We doubt by nature. So you see, we have to be saved from all of that stuff. And he can do it when you finally realize that you need him and he will help you. But in the meantime, you need to get started. You need something simple to get started. And here it is. Don't fall into excessive thought. When you find yourself worrying, pull back, snap out of it. When you find yourself daydreaming, snap out. When you get lost in music, pull back, snap out of it. When you find yourself thinking about the past, snap out of it. Live in the present as much as you can. And you're going to need some help. If you don't know how to do it, get the little meditation. It's free. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist and played all of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as Rondeña from the suite Iberia by the Spanish composer Isaac Albeniz. Thanks for listening. Now, a lot of you know that it's your thoughts. You would be fine if it wasn't for your thoughts. The worries, the doubts, the fears, the anxieties, the what-ifs, the guilt, all of that. So, the answer is not to fall into all of that stuff. Don't fall into it because it pulls you down. Instead, stand back. If you need some help, I can help you. I have a little Christian meditation that may be just what you need. It's only eight minutes long. It teaches you how to stand back so you're not lost in worries, doubts, and fears. It's hard to pray when you're lost in worries, doubts, and fears, and anxieties. And it's hard to pray when you're angry and resentful and bitter and you have a grudge against someone. It's hard to pray. It's easier to pray when you have peace of mind. And to have peace of mind, you have to stay out of your thoughts. And how do you stay out of your thoughts? You realize that down there, those thoughts that come to comfort you are not your friend. They are not your friend. They want to comfort you into a woolly darkness, so stay out of them. When doubts rise, just watch the doubts. But don't go tobogganing. Don't go sledding. Don't go canoeing down the rapids of your mind on a daydream. Because it is there that the dark side 
the side that wants to pull you down, that wants to want you to worry, that wants you to doubt, that wants you to fear. It's down there. So instead, pull back. If you want to find God, if you want to have peace of mind, if you want to know the truth and come clean and live an authentic life, first thing you have to do is get out of those thoughts. Now you know they're not just a harmless distraction. Yeah, when you were a little kid, you lived in your imagination, and that was okay, because as a little kid, you weren't ready for reality yet anyway. You were just a little kid, so it was appropriate. But now you're an adult. Now it's time to become more mature and escaping into your fantasies and your imagination all the time and into your thoughts and into your worries. But now they claim you. See, first you use them, but now, now they claim you. So you have to become free of them. And God will help you. It depends on now that you want to know the truth, which undoubtedly you do. And so now, so if you want to get out of your thoughts, first thing you have to do is learn to stand back from them and watch them. Don't try to stop them. Don't try to negate them. Don't try to push them under the carpet. Don't try to struggle with them. Just watch them. You need that separation. And if you need a little help, get the little meditation. It's free. My listeners in Albany, upstate New York, and Vermont are getting the 15-minute version of this program. To hear the second half where I'm going to be talking about the devil, about what would have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't eaten the forbidden food, and did God leave anything out of the Bible? I'm going to be answering those questions in the second half of the program. To listen to the second half, just go to SheddingShackles.com, click on Listen, and you'll find our program in the audio archives. That's SheddingShackles.com. As we're near the end of our time together, I invite you to visit the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. You can listen to past programs, read more about Roland's meditation, or watch Roland's video lectures. Listen in again next week, same time, same station. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Here's a call coming in from Jeremiah. I have one question. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt... Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. I do believe that faith has power to make ourselves feel better, but uh, I'm not convinced that having faith has the ability to supersede the laws of nature or the laws of uh, physics. So my question is, 
Does the faith really have as much power as Jesus says it does? Thanks, Jeremiah. It's a very good question. The question really is, what is faith? Well, I'll tell you what faith is, and then the answer will be obvious. You see, it's not faith that has the power. Who has the power, or what has the power? The power is actually God's power. He has the power to do everything, including creating this entire universe. He has the power to make butterflies, to create volcanoes, to permit earthquakes to rumble, to make the stars. He made them. He made the stars. Giant, giant fireballs of immense size and immense heat. He made them. He made everything. He has the power. But faith connects you to him. Christ said, Of myself I can do nothing. It is the Father within who doth the works. So, when, for example, you had someone like Moses, we say that he parted the Red Sea. He lifted up his staff and parted the Red Sea. Well, you know what? The lifting of the staff was symbolic. But it was God who parted the sea. You understand? God is the one who does everything. Faith connects you to him, but most people are disconnected from God. I was writing this morning about the sorry state of the average human being. Disconnected from intuition. Disconnected from conscience. See, your conscience is your closest link to God. And the beginning of your salvation, the beginning of you being able to... See, you don't need the power to part the Red Sea. But what power do you need? You need the power to lead your own life. The power to live your own life. Instead of constantly reacting to everyone else. The power to move from within, intuitively, independently. Instead of being a puppet of public opinion and a puppet of the peer group. And a puppet of your mother's will. And a puppet of your father's anger and a puppet of your wife's nagging and your husband's lovelessness. You want to be able to live your own life and be free. That's what power you need. And then you need the power to make right decisions. Instead of eating the worst possible food, you could eat better food. Instead of saying the wrong thing and ruining your relationship with your kids or your partner, being able to say the right thing. So, these are not earth-shaking decisions and earth-shaking powers. They are little ones, but for you, they're very important that you can live your own life. God can give you that power. He can give you the power to be your own person, to live your own life, to not be a slave to make right decisions, 
He can give you that power. And as far as moving mountains, well, you know something. This world, everything that you see around you, is composed of tiny spinning fireballs. Nanoparticles, subatomic particles spinning. For God to move a mountain, it's no big deal. All he has to do is rearrange all those little fireballs. Do you remember the television show Star Trek? Do you remember they had a, a transporter? And one of the crew members could walk into the transporter and then they would dematerialize and materialize somewhere else? Well, for God to dematerialize a mountain and materialize it somewhere else is no big deal. He can do that like a drop of a hat. And all he has to do is take apart and then rearrange all the little fireballs to his liking. Okay, I promised to answer some questions. Let's take a call. Here's a call coming in on our listener call-in line from California. This is Greg from San Leandro. Where, where did they get where Satan has his red goatee and horns and hoofs like a lamb or a goat? Yeah. Well, here's the answer. In the book of Revelation, the devil is portrayed as a dragon, so that's where the horns come from. And then there was a Greek god called Pan who had goat feet, and so that kind of uh, comes in there. Pan was kind of a naughty type of uh, god. And then the pitchfork. Oh, the pitchfork comes from the Greek god Hades, who was in charge of the underworld, and he had a pitchfork. And then the red tights, uh, that's the best part. Well, that comes from the theatrical production. The theatrical production Faust, where the character Mephistopheles wears a Renaissance-era costume with red tights. So that's where the red tights come from. And then there were a lot of uh, advertisements that portrayed the devil all in red, and then Disney came in and like that. So that's where we get that. And then there's Halloween. But guess what? The devil is real. No he doesn't wear red tights and have horns and like that. Sometimes we have humor about things that we're afraid of. And so it's a way of dealing with it by making him sort of cute and have a goatee and red tights and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is the devil is very real. And that's why we need to find God and Christ who has the power to bind the devil. Let's take another question. Jeremiah, have you got anything for me? A listener wants to know what would have happened if Adam and Eve did not eat the forbidden fruit. Yeah, that's a great question. I like it. What would have happened if Adam hadn't eaten the fruit? Well... I made a great video. It was actually a radio program, and then I made a, a YouTube video about how God created love. 
So if Adam hadn't eaten the fruit, the forbidden fruit, then he would have just gone on obeying God and lived in paradise, and his wife wouldn't have been angry at him, and she wouldn't have constantly judged him and blamed him and found fault with every little thing that he did, and he wouldn't have suffered. Okay? But there wouldn't have been the choice factor. See? Yeah, the angels, I'm sure the angels love God because they know him and they love him. Most of them do, except for the fallen angels. But God wanted to create lots of love. So, and lots of children. So first he had to make the choice factor. That's the reason for the forbidden food so Adam could choose. And then there had to be the separation. So now humankind was separated from God, and then some people would yearn for him, and some people would yearn for something good and sweet and pure, and would love innocence, and they wanted to find what's missing in their life. And so there's, that's how love is created. So God created millions and billions of children, and lots and lots and lots of love and freedom and love. And that's what he did. And that wouldn't have happened if Adam hadn't eaten the forbidden food. Okay, let's answer one more question. Jeremiah, what have you got for me? A listener wants to know if God left anything out of the Bible. All right, did God leave anything out of the Bible? Well, the Bible is inspired. The Bible is inspired, and I love the Scripture. But don't forget, Christ said that he would send the Holy Spirit to lead us into the knowledge of God and to guide us and to inspire us and to give us he even said at one point when you're called before the authorities, he said, don't pre-plan what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say at that time. So we have the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, there's too much. At the end of the Gospel of John, John said that Christ did so many more wonderful things and miracles that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it all. So, yeah, the Bible is totally inspired, but, yeah, there just wasn't enough room to put everything in there, especially all the wonderful things Christ did and the wonderful things that God has planned for us. So there's things for us to find out, and there are surprises, and many more gifts for us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.